Welcome everyone to a special Christmas edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with myself, Jim, Punk Raider and Denver Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL, boys. How are you doing? Uh, Don't in much mind. need of drink. I am currently sporting a Southern Comfort Lime and Lemonade mm. with a triple shot in it. So the end of this uh, podcast might get a bit spicy. <laughs> More dark and storms have been consumed in the last 72 hours or so than, than I think is humanly possible, to be honest. So, you know, it could Did be an you... interesting one. Did you get everything the Santa asked for? No. No, no not even cold. Oh, yeah, you got beat, didn't you? So, yeah, Punk, you had a good time, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I did and I didn't, you know. <laughs> Dave and I got cold. It's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. There's always something to bar humbug, humbug mm. about, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go for all of the week 16 games uh, that happened. They all happened, which is always good to see. Uh, and we're going to finish off with, obviously, the week 17 picks. Before we do that, obviously, there was some massive news that happened just a couple of days ago, and that was legend of the sport. John Madden, unfortunately, passed away at the ripe old age. I think it was, say, 85. Um, Punk, I don't want to step too much on your toes if you want to say anything, but, you know, coach, commentator, and name is synonymous with the game, thanks to this teaming up with EA Sports, lending his credibility to, uh, to the game. And uh, it's been an entryway for millions of, of fans. It's a, it's a weird one, uh, this one, just because John Madden was such a massive part of me understanding, learning the game, um, and just just generally being around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, starting to watch it in the mid '80s, he I didn't know him as a coach initially. Um, I knew him as the commentator. And yep. him and Pat Summerall were my two favorite commentators. And the reason they were my two favorite commentators is they made everything understandable. So when you're 10 years old and you're trying to figure out this game that is basically, you know, human chess with lots and lots of people smashing into each other, <laughs> John Madden was was the first person that actually you know, laid it out in simpleton terms and said, look, if this guy goes here and does this, then that's good. And if this guy goes there and does that, that's bad. You know, he would draw it on the telestrator. I learned the X's nose through him drawing on a telestrator. And yep. obviously, you know, being a Raider fan as well, you then go back in history and start looking at what he did as a coach. And the guy's a phenomenon, you know. Um, he's got a, well, it's a 0.759 winning percentage, which is still the best in NFL history for, a minimum of 10 seasons coached. He yep. only ever coached the Raiders. That means we were winning three games in four for 10 years. Um, I think his worst season was nine and seven. I mean, how he only won one Super Bowl, it's, it's unbelievable. But, you know, that's he's, he's got a better record than Vince Lombardi. He's got a better record than George Allen. I mean, to put it into kind of perspective for newer viewers and watchers of NFL... If Bill Belichick went undefeated for the next seven years, he would only just about catch Madden's winning percentage. And that's how ridiculously good he was as a coach. I mean, and don't then, even joke about Belichick going unbeaten for seven years because you know it could happen. <laughs> not even joke about that. <laughs> I'm not sure it would with this HS team, but you know, you never know. Mm. But you know, just 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 listening to him and watching him and, and him being the voice of those early massive games. So, you know, championship games, Monday night football. I mean, I think he's the only commentator that worked for all four networks. 
you know, that's how revered he was. And that he, you know, he was just unbelievable. And then, of course, you know, a lot of people would just know him from Madden NFL games. Yeah. Uh, I remember the first iteration of those, playing them on my Atari ST, learning what an eye formation was and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? It's, mm. He's a massive loss. And I think, I think the what I've been seeing over the last sort of couple of days since the news came out is you can see just from what players are saying, what coaches are saying, what people in the media are saying, just how much of an influence on the NFL John Madden was. Um, so yeah, it's he's he's it it's it, it's one of those nasty things that when you start getting to my age, you know, all the people that you admire and respect start dying and and moving on, and you know, it's something you have to live with, but it never gets any easier. And you know, coach really, really, really was a titan in this world. Um, you know, him, Vince Lombardi, for me, they are. You know, one and the same. They are they are both the most influential coaches to have ever worked in the NFL. I would argue that that Madden sort of outweighs Lombardi. I think that the name Madden is synonymous with uh, the NFL more than any other name. Um, I I think it's it's one of those names which even people who've never watched a game before know. Some of it because of the computer game. Um, but he to me was again that guy you watch who told you and explained stuff um, similar to how I know a couple of new people um, to the sport now and they're equally as um, they, they talk the same way about Chris Collinsworth because Collinsworth sort of explains in that way that allows people to fully understand without dumbing it down so far that it makes you afraid of heights which is a unique thing to do but yeah it's uh, it's a sad thing and um it was it's uh, it was a shame when he announced he was never going to be on TV anymore because it kind of lost something from the game. But yeah, it's a it's a loss to the sport and loss to everyone involved. I I mean I would never have known what a Tadakum was if it wasn't for John Madden. So you know it's <laughs> the fact that he managed to teach me. It's basically a three bird roast. You know, mm, mm. it's <laughs> a chicken inside a duck inside a turkey. But I would never have known what a Tadakum was if Madden hadn't illustrated it for me. You know what I mean. Brilliant. Yep. Love the guy. Yep. Love that. That's his. Commentary. That's his lasting legacy. <laughs> yeah. Why? Brilliant. He, he, he did everything he, he needed to do. The game. It's, it's amazing to me that any coach one team and then he he had enough and he wanted to go and do something else and then you know he, he lived a full life in you know, eighty five and um and arguably I mean arguably he was more influential once he left coaching mm. than he ever was while he was coaching. Yeah. You know, more more I think I think more people and certainly my age know him more from commentary than we do you know, actual coaching. But it it just feels to me that he he just had that X factor that you know just just captures the interest and makes you understand the game. So if you know when you you first start out and you kind of go, Oh, this is really hard work. I'm I'm struggling to understand this, especially if you're a kid. Yeah, he made it fun. He made it interesting. He he's the one that really turned the NFL into a global entity. Mm. And I understand that every team's going to be doing a one-minute silence before their games on uh, Sunday and Monday. So um, expect that to happen. Uh, with that, then, guys, we should move on because we've got a lot of games to get through uh, for Week 16. We're going to go all the way back to Thursday night, which was uh, Sam Fran at Tennessee, and Randy Bullock booted a 44-yard field goal with just four seconds remaining. 
and the Titans rallied from a 10-point halftime deficit to beat the 49ers on Thursday night. The 49ers should have been up by more than 10 nothing at halftime. Jeff Wilson got a rushing touchdown on the first drive. On the second, Jimmy G got picked in the end zone by Jack Rabbit Jenkins. When Garoppolo got picked on the first drive of the second half by Amani Hooker, it seemed to spark Tennessee into life. Ryan Tannehill threw for just 40 yards in the first half, but finished with 209 yards in the touchdown for Tennessee. Donta Foreman got a rushing touchdown. On the next drive, A.J. Brown had an 18-yard touchdown catch to give the Titans a 17-10 early lead in the fourth. A.J. Brown caught 11 passes for 145 yards hours after being activated off injured reserve. Brandon I tied up the game for Sam Fran before the two-minute drill for Tennessee, ending in the winning field goal. The final score in this one was the Niners 17, Titans 20. Puts a little bit of a dent in the... Uh... Niners hope for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they're on a roll until then. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I don't remember a huge amount about this game. Um, drunk a lot since then. Um, <laughs> San Fran have won five of the last uh, six games before that one away to Tennessee, but they've got yeah. Houston next, and then the Rams to finish off their season. Well, um, Houston they'll be obviously. You say that. Mm, they should be. Houston and a gimme, as we're going to come to later on. Uh, this was the Niners' first loss after leading by 10 or more halftime under coach Carl Shanahan. They've been 18-0 in the regular season and playoffs with those leads. They actually hadn't blown the double-digit lead since week 14 of the 2016 season to the Jets under Chip Kelly. So Go Jets. <laughs> 2016 Jets. That might be the yeah. only record the Jets actually hold in the NFL. <laughs> It just goes to show how much they missed AJ Brown, though, that they were just feeding him straight away. It was still, well, it was a questionable. I kept him in my starting lineup for fantasy. I'm so glad I did because he went off like 32 points or something. But they were questioning it all the way up until game time as a decision. If they hadn't, I think they would have desperately struggled against this San Fran team. Debo Samuel had another good game. Um, and Jeff the Wilson. The 49ers are an so. interesting one to me. They Because really, I'm still not entirely sold on them, but I don't quite know why. I think it's because I don't trust Garoppolo more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And he just seems to make strange decisions at important times that a little bit like, not as bad as Carson Wentz, but he just, just doesn't ever seem to take what's given to him when actually that's all he needs to do is, is not be the hero, but actually just, just play sensibly. And it just seems to me that, that you can't trust the 49ers to get it done always. Yeah, I think the the 49ers are a funny team. Um, I think that they are a world-class quarterback away from potentially being a dynasty. Um, but as they are, you know, they've got a, what I would call a good quarterback. I think he's, I think he's okay. But it's when, it's when you come down to those key moments. Defense is extraordinarily good. Yep. You know, they've got massive amounts of cap room once they get rid of Garoppolo because they've got a rookie. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as say this could be, you know, a new seven or eight year dynasty, but certainly being in um, Super Bowls for the next few years, the only thing that's going to go against them is the division that they're in. But if, you know, their, their quarterback in waiting turns out to be half decent, then they can be one of those teams who can step up and be a real force for the next four, five, six, seven years. Because on all sides of the ball, they're a very, very, very good team, apart from the one that matters most, and that's a quarterback. That doesn't make him currently, currently. being no, very no, good absolutely. for a few seasons. No, no, no. What, well, <laughs> the use of dynasty might be slightly controversial. What I mean is they, they can be a team who can dominate for a period of time. They they can definitely be a contender. Yeah, if you I want to call it yeah, dynasty, that's that fine. If you, don't, if you don't, I'm not going to argue. That's Let's fine. call you Jets. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I think I think if Trey Lance can be as good as everyone hopes he is, mm. um, and as good as that one year he had in Dakota, then yeah, there is the possibility that they could be brilliant. Um, they're just missing that one piece at the moment. Yeah, well, he's been holding him off, and so he's droppers on borrowed time anyway. But, uh, looks like they're sticking with him for good or bad. Uh, he was threatening to have like a thumb surgery, I think it was, but they reckon he's not going to do it now. And he's likely to start again this weekend. Uh, let's move on to Christmas Day then. And the spirit of giving was no more present with Baker Mayfield. Flew out on a private jet to join his teammates in Green Bay after testing negative for COVID. Baker threw to the Packers four times. And there were plenty of sacks too. Five, in fact, as the Packers jumped on every first half interception with a touchdown. Alan Lazard and two for Devontae Adams, moving Rodgers clear of Brett Favre's Green Bay touchdown record. It had started so well for the Browns. Running the ball through Nick Chubb got them a touchdown on the first drive of the game. Baker did get a touchdown pass to Harrison Bryant before halftime and to Anthony Schwartz in the second half to bring it close. But the fourth pick was the killer for the Browns' hopes as Russell Douglas got his second pick of the game. The final score was the Browns 22, Packers 24. I don't feel like the Packers won this game. I feel like the Browns lost it. I think the Browns completely Not again. threw away. Not again. No, I do, Give the because... Packers some damn respect. Well, no, let's be honest. I think the Packers are uh, questionable in terms of their credentials because Ooh. last week the Ravens were only two, a two-point conversion away from winning it in the last minute. Um, and then they could have lost to the Browns this, this week as well. Um, the play calling at the end of the game was very strange from Stefanski. Um, there was three attempts that they had to uh, convert downs in order to get into a scoring position. And they chose for Mayfield to pass on all three of them rather than handing it off to Nick Chubb or just basic screen passes. I mean, Mayfield was not playing well at that point. So quite why they were relying on him, I don't know. Um, four interceptions for him being sacked five times, some of it because he was holding onto the ball for too long. Turns out, guess what? He's not as clutch as we thought he was. Shock horror. Um, and throwing left as well, his, his action looks weird when he throws left it might be because of his shoulder i don't know but he looked all kinds of off he looked like a shot putter throwing it left it's a bit a bit weird i mean if the browns don't make the playoffs then they can squarely just blame baker it's simple, <laughs> there, there have been so many games Do you know what i'll agree with that he's contract. just he's just I'll agree with thrown that. it away and yeah. you know he won't get that contract if they don't make the playoffs there's no I way mean, on that's... the planet that's a, that's a conversation and a half, <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> well, it's not even he won't get that contract. He might not get a contract, which is interesting. Um, mm. I think he probably will. I think the Browns will probably keep him. But if they try and offer him some bullshit contract just because they don't think he's the guy, is he going to move away? Um, but yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting because I, I know the Browns quite well, having to uh, deal with them several times a year. Mm. And knowing that list of QBs, that uh, that bloke put on his shirt for their for their tries at getting a, a franchise quarterback, and they're going right the way down the jersey. Um, the Browns will be. It's a bit like a kind of a Viking situation where just to have someone that's half adequate, they're quite happy with for the for the time being. I think the thing that's caught up to them though is that they've had so many first round picks, they've had so many stabs at, at good talent. They've actually got some now, and they've got a young coach who seems to be getting the best out of them. So they're now in a position where actually, you know, we can't just we can't blame everything else around the quarterback, which you know you could have said that for some of them um, to an extent. Now they're in a situation where they've got so much talent around Baker that they can't really say that he isn't partly to blame. And it's it's a shame really because he played so well for Oklahoma, and he was so accurate as a passer, so cool and so cocky. And I think that's why the 
the Browns went for him first overall rather than Darnold. And it's, it's shown in spits and spurts. He seems like a good team player. And it now means, because of that and the history of the franchise, that Baker's actually in a, still a very good position, even if he doesn't make the playoffs. Because are they really going to put that on the franchise again also to the fans to say, we're going to have to find another quarterback. We're going to have to go back into a, a draft, QB hungry, because we, we're not going to re-sign Baker and he won't take a smaller deal. He'd rather test free agency. I think they can enforce the, the fifth-year option, can't they? Yeah, they can refuse um, to and play. They, and, they, and go there. He can refuse to play. Um, I don't think many people are going to then want to make him um, a franchise quarterback. He's not Deshaun Watson. You know, Deshaun Watson holds no. out. There's still 15 teams want to sign him. Baker Mayfield holds out. And, you know, everyone's looking at that going, oh, I'm all right, actually. Um, <laughs> but it, it's an interesting situation with him. I just, I, I, we've done numerous um, podcasts. We did one on Patreon. Um say you know about who we thought was uh, potentially the most overrated and I obviously pick Baker Mayfield I'm just not a fan of his and I'm still yet to see anything that makes me think that he's the guy some quick Devonta Adams news then um, Devonta Adams has caught at least 10 passes for 100 yards and two touchdowns in eight career games now the most of anyone in the NFL history Adams has caught 67 touchdown passes from Rogers giving them the franchise record for touchdown pass combinations just uh, for anyone saying Jordy Nelson Rogers threw 65 touchdowns <laughs> to uh Packers legend, Jordy Nelson. I don't think many people can compare Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson. Well, they might the try numbers to. Might go, didn't Jordy Nelson get more? No, he didn't. I know the numbers were there. Um, He's saying Jordy yeah. Nelson's won more Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, he has, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's anyway, that's the uh, the Packers-Browns done. We start the Sunday Games review with one of the biggest matchups, the Colts at the Cardinals. The Omens weren't good for Arizona when Matt Prater missed a field goal on the opening drive. And Jonathan Taylor ripped a 43-yard run on the first play for the Colts. That ended with a touchdown for T.Y. Hilton. Chase Edmonds did get a rushing touchdown to almost even it. Prater missed the extra point. But the next two possessions for the Cardinals was a turnover on downs and a safety that started with a low snap that Kyler chucked out of bounds but not past the line of scrimmage. Second half and Kyler found Antoine Wesley for his first NFL career touchdown. The Colts got a field goal to retake the lead. Then Prater missed another field goal, this time hitting the post from 41 yards out. Carson Wentz made the game's biggest play midway through the fourth quarter when he bounced around in the pocket for a few seconds before hitting Desmond Patman for a 14-yard touchdown on a perfectly placed ball in the back of the end zone. That was Patman's second-ever reception. The final score was the Colts 22, Cardinals 16. This felt like a form game. I think the Colts have now won six of the last seven. Cardinals had lost the last couple on the bounce, including that loss to the Lions when they got it handed to them. Um, eight of the starters for the Colts were out as well, including four offensive linemen. And they lost two more players during the game, um, Eric Fisher and Jack Doyle. So they were really, really struggling. But Arizona just looked like one of those, you know, we've all seen them, those fair weather teams. Midway through the season, they look fantastic. And when it goes, when you get, when you get into the trenches, it all sort of falls apart a little bit. Um, but the Colts have really got their form together. You know, Wentz isn't doing anything he needs to. His, his, his actual closing out of the game was brilliant. You know, his key passes on third downs mm-hmm. and his footwork, footwork so much cleaner than it did in Philly. Um, but yeah, it went, it went with form. Um, I doubted whether the Colts would be good enough to beat the Cards, silly me. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the Colts look like the form team in the AFC, AFC South at the moment. It's not saying much, but they certainly are the team at the moment. Well, since starting the season 7-0, the Cardinals are 3-5 and five and have failed to clinch a playoff spot now for the third, third straight week. So, yeah, yeah, there are a lot of injuries on their, their key players. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, not there. 
but yeah yeah but i mean receivers is their you know that that's their strength if there's one position yeah. group they can afford to have um injuries on its receiver because they are deep there it was definitely good carson this week rather than bad carson um yeah i mean it, 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 yeah i mean it'll be interesting i mean that colts titans game is is in is it this week or next week it's got to be one or the other um uh colts don't play the titans colts play raiders and then jags Oh, I thought they had another game against the Titans. Have they done both the Titans? No, they lose them they've both. Played the they played the Titans twice. Play? They, uh, I'm looking now. They lost one 34 They won the first game in week three. They won the first one. Yeah, no, no they, they won, won the second one. Well. They won both games, Tennessee. I was kind of yeah, hoping they were going to play again so they could play off of the division. But it looks like Tennessee's probably going to win that now. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, the Colts, the Colts are definitely one of those teams that you don't want to meet in the playoffs if they're healthy. And Carson's doing good Carson things. Um, they, they've they got a well-rounded football team. Um, and they're never really out of games. It just, if you can put the pressure on Carson and, and you know, make him make rash decisions and, and things like that, that's when they have bad games. Um, but if, if you don't really get him moving off the spot, then he's quite capable of picking you apart. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew that's that. what the Colts could offer was a better O-line than Philly. So this was his, you know, if you can't make it there, yeah. you can't make it anywhere type deal. Yeah, yeah, the O-line's been phenomenal. I mean, when Anthony Costanzo retired at the end of last season, there was a bit of a worry, but um, Eric Fisher's coming in, done a perfectly good job. Um, mm. So, yeah, looking at the division AFC South now, uh, Titans are a game ahead, and their two remaining games are the Dolphins, who are on a seven-game win streak, yep. and then the Jags, uh, sorry, the Texans. So we expect them to be the Texans. Um, Colts, as we've said, well, <laughs> Colts, as, as we've said, um, you know, they have uh, got the Raiders, which depending on what camp you sit in, um, and then the Jags, which, again, you expect them to win. So um, I think they're in the playoffs. I think they're in the wildcard spots, though, the Colts. Yeah, I think they'll be okay for a wildcard. Yeah. Anyway, to Foxborough. Josh Allen threw for three touchdowns. Isaiah McKenzie had a career-high 11 catches. Micah High made two interceptions. And the Bills hung on to beat the Patriots to vault themselves back into first place in the AFC East. McKenzie took the place of Bills receiver Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, who were both on the COVID reserve list, and had a big day with 125 yards and a touchdown. The Bills never trailed, with no punts or turnovers. They also went for it on fourth down three times in the first half, including a fourth and two that helped set up a 12-yard pass from Allen to Stephon Diggs for a 10-point lead. For New England, Damian Harris was the hero back from injury. He got 103 yards on 18 rushes and three touchdowns. Mac Jones, however, completed only 44% of his throws for 145 yards, two picks, and a rating of 31.4. The final score was the Bills 33, Patriots 21. You know, this is the first time in Bill Belichick's career that he's for, uh, failed to force a team to punt in a game. Ooh. That's how dominant the Bills were. Their offense Ooh. was just continually going for it on fourth down. Yeah. Um, and I read some reports, and I don't know how true this is because um, I didn't watch it, but in the um, first game between these two, the Patriots ran it every single play but like three it was it was that game um and apparently the bills players were absolutely fuming yeah, at the end of the uh, games and uh, so because of that they were imploring the uh, play callers to say no we're going to go for it we want to abs- we want to destroy them i mean they didn't destroy them but no it's slightly slight of an embarrassment 
Um, the conversions at the end from Josh Allen, the key third down conversions, and it's nice that someone's taught Isaiah McKenzie to catch. Uh, it's a pity it didn't happen when he was in Denver because he couldn't <laughs> catch a cold. Um, and yeah, so the remaining fixtures for the Bills are the Jets and the Falcons. So there's a fairly good Willable. chance they're going to be winning at AFC East, yeah. They'll be winning on a tie break, but there's a good chance they'll be winning it. The Bills needed this. The Bills have been really shaky Agreed. for the last few weeks. Um, this was the one game they had to properly get themselves right before making that playoff run. Um, I think I think you're right. I think they did want a bit of revenge for that ridiculous windy game in Buffalo where they did just get run all over. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this was good play calling. It was Josh Allen playing well, um, using the ball well, keeping it when he needed to keep it and running, not just running for the sake of it. Um, yeah, this this felt like the Bills getting getting right and being the Bills again, um, rather than actually getting kind of stuck into that, oh my God, we're going to make the players, but we don't know what we're doing type thing, which could have happened if they'd lost this game and then just kind of backed in by beating the, was it the Falcons and the Jets? So, yeah. you know... It's. I think for them, it's 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 the right right win at the right time. It's not very often that a team in a divisional game against Belichick as well puts 428 yards on the ball on net yards on the board, and has more than 10 minutes of possession above the Patriots. It's not often that happens. So, yeah, the 21-33 scoreline probably doesn't tell us everything. but it was a very, very good performance. And I agree with Punk. They, they really, really needed it. Yeah. I mean, the Bills are the first team to win at New England in consecutive seasons since the Colts in 2005 and 2006. So it doesn't happen often that mm. you go there and you get... That, you that get says more twice. about their division than anyone else. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, because the Bills are in that time, division. Teams just, yeah, most of the time teams just don't play them twice in a row. But it says more about their division than out. Um, but it doesn't shock me. I mean, Belichick's dominated that division for so long. It's nice to see it's mm-hmm. going to be a bit of a challenge now. Yeah, um, last thing is that Josh Allen became the first player in Bill's history to eclipse 4,000 yards passing in back-to-back seasons. So, even beat the great Jim Kelly. Oh, wow. Okay. That's quite a stat. Yeah. Yeah. Well mm. done, Josh. I said that. Uh, okay, so to the shock of the week in Houston, where despite having 16 players out with COVID, including their go-to receiver Brandon Cooks, the Texans got the best of the Los Angeles Chargers and it wasn't close. Davis Mills looked polished with a 78% completion percentage, 254 yards passing and two touchdowns and a rating of 130. Rex Burkhead ran for a career-high 149 yards and two touchdowns. The Chargers were also severely hit by the Rona, with no Joey Bosa, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams or centre Corey Lindsley. Herbert looked lost without his usual help and threw a pick in each half. The first to Jonathan Owens at the goal line, with about four minutes left in the first half. The Texans cashed in on that miscue with a 94-yard drive, capped by Mills's 41-yard touchdown pass to Chris Conley. Justin Jackson ran for 64 yards and two touchdowns, had a 98-yard receiving, filling in for Eckler, but his fourth-quarter fumble led to a Houston field goal. Nico Collins got another touchdown for Houston, and Tavier Thomas effectively ended it with a pick six for 48 yards, with just under two minutes to go. Herbert did get a garbage-time score to Joshua Palmer, but this one ended the Chargers 29, Texans 41. And boys, what the hell happened there? I would very much like to thank the Texans for that (laughs) scoreline as it gives us a hell of a chance going into the last game of the season. It's the hope Um, that kills you, punk. Unfortunately, I I didn't actually see a huge amount of this game because it was one of those games that I thought, you know, the Chargers are just going to run over them eventually. And every time I kept checking the score back, I was like, well, it's got to happen at some point. It's going to happen at some point. (laughs) I just never did. 
Um, so yeah, it, it it sounds like you know the Texans just had a better game plan and executed it. And if if the Chargers really you know without Eckler and Williams can't put together a good enough game plan that Herbert, I mean it could just be that Herbert had one of those you know year two player brain farts, but you know it, it to me it feels it just just seems very weird, very very weird that the Chargers succumbed quite so easily to. Let's be honest. One of the one of the poorer teams in the NFL. I don't think this is on Herbert because Herbert completed twenty seven of thirty five passes. I think one of the issues is that the the Chargers' rush defense is a joke. They're currently ranked twenty ninth in yards per game with the Jets, uh, the Texans, and the Steelers behind them. Uh, Rex Burkhead, the Rex Burkhead, <laughs> rushed for one hundred and forty nine yards. I mean, come on, this is a guy who would punch him from a yard. He's basically, you know, a guy. Who, that's all he did for New York for so long. Um, I don't think anyone oh, saw this coming. Others, who did I say? Did I say New York? He said New York. Yeah, yeah he played for Cincinnati league. before. Then, if you told a Bengal fan that Rex yeah. Burkhead would ever get one hundred and forty nine yards in a game, they'd fall off their chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think, as I said, I don't think anyone saw this coming, other than my mum who um, I basically said, uh, give me uh, a couple of games to put on. And she said the Texans, which I laughed at, put one pound on and won 81 pound back. Oh, I hope so she I'm... got some of that. Nope. <laughs> <She> didn't <get laughs> a... I didn't even, didn't even tell her it won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well done to Houston for that one. They've done a couple of these, haven't they? They beat the, the Titans earlier on in the season, just came out of nowhere and comfortably won. They can do it. I, I liked what Davis Mills did in that game. I'm sorry, but I don't think, you know, just because he was a later round pick QB doesn't mean he's trash. I think they can use him. I think they have to worry so much about a QB at all costs next season. I think Davis Mills is fine. I think he's got uh, relatively good accuracy. He doesn't, you know, he, he's not a guy who's going to sprint away in on a rush, get you 15 yards on the first down and look fantastic. But his Ooh. accuracy looks absolutely fine. If you put, I'm, I'm fairly confident in saying, if you swapped Davis Mills and Mac Jones, no one would notice because the setups have got them. I think talent-wise, they're probably not a million miles away from each other. Um, the defense prior is to last a bit year, better in New England, but... No, I mean, just in terms of player talent. Um, yeah. Just in terms of player talent between the two of them, what they're what they're capable of doing in the pros at the moment, mm-hmm. I don't think they're a million miles away because it's just about standing in the pocket, picking the right plays. But the problem is, Davis Mills currently has brain farts uh, where he'll just have a bad game, not a bad series, a bad game. Um, we're not seeing that at the moment from Mac Jones, um, but I don't think there's an enormous mm-hmm. amount between them. Last game, not uh, very one good. game. Okay, yeah, one, okay. One game, I don't. I don't see Davis Mills get flustered very often. He seems to be able to stand in the pocket and go through progressions. I, I like that about him. Yeah. Although maybe maybe he'll uh, lose it. But I, I remember saying to you before the last draft that uh, a good outside bet was the Stanford QB, Davis Mills. Mm. Um, and I, I think they had to pick someone up, and they did. And he's proven to be a good pick for them. I mean, he's now genuine first choice ahead of Terod Taylor. Um, poor Terod Taylor is constantly <laughs> brought in and getting replaced by rookies. Yeah, I mean, that's the job. That's like the third or fourth time that's happened now. So, um, yeah, still getting paid. Still yeah, getting paid. Good, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, okay, time to scoop through some of these more predictable results, boys. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Detroit Lions in Atlanta. The most informed players on each side, Cordero Patterson and Amon Rasent Brown, got touchdowns. Tim Boyle was starting for the Lions, a quarterback with Goff on the virus list. They had a chance to win it at the end before Boyle was picked by Folasade Oluokun. 
Final score was the Lions 16, Falcons 20. Yeah, the narrative after this game was that Atlanta are 7-2 and two in one-score games. Um, that makes it seem like Atlanta are a half-decent team when it's not. They've only won seven games and all of them were close. Mm. So, And all of the others, they were comprehensively blown out. They've only beaten the Lions, the Jags, Panthers, Saints, Dolphins, Jets and Giants. There's only one decent team within that. Atlanta's seven-win record might just be the fakest seven-win record we've ever seen. It's ridiculous. Mm. They are pants. Uh, I think the fakest fakest record we've ever seen was the 11 and 0 from the Steelers last season wasn't it oh um. congratulations <laughs> bringing that back in <laughs> all right we're moving on <laughs> the number one pick went up against the number two pick and it was Zach Wilson that came out with the win and the better stats a passing touchdown to Connor McDermott oh no me neither and a 52 yard rushing touchdown to help see the Jets pass the Jags there was a rushing touchdown for Dare Ogunbowale on the Jags side but Easy this game will be say. it is isn't it but this game will be instantly forgotten. Final score was the Jags 21, Jets 26. It might not I've forgotten be forgotten about it. It might not be forgotten. <laughs> Did you know no, that a Jets, a Jets record was set in this game? A franchise record was set. Go on then. And that Zach Wilson's 55-yard touchdown run. No Jets mm-hmm. QB has ever ran 55 yards. That might just be the saddest thing I've ever heard. I've seen him run backwards 55 yards before. But, oh, uh, yeah, and in forwards. someone's arse as well. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and never into the end zone, 55 yards. That's amazing. Mm. Well, congratulations, Zach Wilson. You got the win as well. Uh, next one, the NFC East whipping boys are at it again. The Giants allowed Jake from the start at QB. Six punts, a field goal and interception was all he was allowed before being benched for Mike Lennon, who threw a pick six and then a garbage time touchdown to uh, Evan Ingram. Boston Scott got the first touchdown of the game in the third quarter with a three-yard run. Hertz found touchdown passes to Devonta Smith and right tackle Lane Johnson on the goal line trick play. The final score was the Giants 10, Eagles 34. The strangest thing about this game was that it took till the third quarter for the Eagles to actually score a touchdown. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was it. That was all I was going to say. It looked like the Eagles were taking it a little bit easy and sort of playing their way into the game. Um, you mentioned Jake Fromm being benched. Um, his stats were from 17 pass attempts. He completed 25 yards. Yeah, quite frankly, he'd have been better if he threw one pass and took a knee every other time. Um, <laughs> I think the Eagles look half decent. Um, I'm still not convinced. Here we go. That... No, I'm, I'm just not convinced that they, they need to be where you got a soundboard there. You're just pressing the same soundboard every, no, no, every no, week. That's, that's all. That's all I was going to say. I'm not massively convinced they are need to be where they are, but th- they need to make sure that penalties don't become a problem. So they're current in the penalties table. They're currently mid table, mm-hmm. um, but this week they had 11 penalties, and they need to make sure that they they cut that out because having double digit penalties is not conducive to success. I think the interesting thing for me for Philadelphia will be next season. Yes, this is a very young group of players, and depending on you know what they do in the draft and free agency next year, I can really see them kind of stepping up and starting to become a contender again. So, yeah, I'm 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 curious about what what happens with Philly next year, but I think this year again, it's you know they're feisty. They'll they'll do bits and pieces, but you know they're not really there yet. First time head coach in Nick Sirianni as well, so there's a lot of learning on the job that's going on right over there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they they came into this season wondering if they find their guy, and I think it's evident from everyone that they now believe in him and they believe he's their guy. So let's have that stability at quarterback and move forward. And that's that's yeah, the most God, important I mean, thing. Gardner Minshew is a half decent quarterback. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, good good backup. Uh, okay, great. we all know, guys, you don't want to be the team that plays Brady after he has a terrible game. The Panthers caught a slap on this one. 
trying to co-share the QP position between Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. It didn't work as neither played well. It wasn't like Brady was great either, though. He had one touchdown to Cameron Bray, but everything else came on the ground with a 55-yard run from Keyshawn Vaughn and a touchdown run from Ronald Jones, or the boot of Ryan Suckup, who had 14 points of the final score, which was the Bucks 32, Panthers 6. So in last week's Patreon, we were talking about coaches who possibly would see the door um, on uh, Black Monday mm-hmm. when all the coaches go. And Matt Rule's name was brought up and we were both you know, emphatic in saying he won't go and he shouldn't go. But there was a lot of booing and firing chants going on during the game. Um, what's also backing it up is that Ian Rappaport reported before the game that Sam Donald was going to come in after a couple of series. So they were going to start Cam Newton uh, and then bring in, and then they did, and bring in Sam Donald afterwards. Mm-hmm. I mean, no other team in the NFL does that, and it just feels a bit weird that they're doing that against the Bucks. Um, it, it just feels a bit, they, they feel like they haven't got a huge amount of guidance at the moment. Um, but I still think he's absolutely safe, and I still think they're on to building something because the defense will, in a couple of years' time, potentially, you know, will be very, very, very good if they can hold on to all their pieces and develop them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just got to find a quarterback. The last, the last time I remember two quarterbacks actually sharing the job it, in a similar fashion to what they seem to be trying in Carolina is it was, who was it? It was Kurt Warner and uh, the lad whose name has escaped me at, at Arizona. Uh, and Carson they just Palmer? couldn't. No, it wasn't Carson Palmer. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. The only other one I can think was Sam Bradford, but that was way after. So it's not Sam Bradford. No, it was when, when Kurt Warner first went to Arizona from... It wasn't um, Matt Liner, was it? Matt Liner? Could have been Liner. I can't act the air. It's escaped me. I'm sure someone will tell me on Twitter that I'm being an idiot. But, um, you know, Warner would play between the 20s and then they would swap out the quarterback for, for the red zone. And it never worked there. So, you know, quite why Carolina think it's going to work with someone like Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. Then they're not doing that know. situationally. They're not doing it where I understand it. If you, if in between the twenties you play Darnold and then in the end zone and red zones you play Cam Newton because of his rush threat, but they're not doing that. They're they're almost, they're playing entire series. Series? Yeah. series, 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 we'll series. So sheep, um, sheep, sheep. Yeah, sheep's series, um, series. But it, it just feels like there's a lack of direction in they just need a new quarterback it's as simple as that they're still paying Teddy Bridgewater a huge amount of money um, they've got they've got Donald and that let's be honest hasn't worked um, they're still very much in in the hunt for um, Deshaun Watson when his legal um, difficulties come to an end um, and yeah again like the 49ers not in the same way of them being uh, potentially a, a, a a Super Bowl winning team, but they're, they're a quarterback away from being a good team. Yeah, two things. First of all, I think that they know the season's over and so they're just trialing whatever they can to see if they can get anything going on offense with what's in the building at the moment because they spent a lot of money and, and draft picks on bringing Sam Darnold across. Uh, second thing, I can think of a more recent example of two quarterbacks having to share the load and that was Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler. Situational, moving them in and out, you know. I nah. mean that that was, due, that was that was due to injuries and, and that was whole games. Uh, it was so, due to age. Yeah. It was due to age. Yeah, I think pipe down on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I don't I can't remember the exact trade value, but I don't feel like Carolina gave up an enormous amount for Donald. I might be wrong. I, did. I think I think I it was, it was a bit like rich. A, a third or something like that. Um, 
Oh, for a sixth round plus a second and a fourth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a bit rough. <laughs> the second and the fourth are t- a couple of years in advance. So exactly, yeah, but it's, it's paying it forwards. You got, yeah, you got to make it work in that sense. Then you got to try and make that work. Yep. Anyway, let's go on then to Kansas City, where Pittsburgh faced their biggest challenge, Ooh. trying to score a point in the first half. When Chris Boswell missed his first field goal from inside forty yards in years, the writing was on the wall that there would be no comeback. Mahomes got two touchdown passes to Byron Pringle and one to McCall Harbin. There was also a rushing touchdown for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Pittsburgh got a garbage time touchdown from Deontay Johnson, I think just for fantasy owners. The final score in Arrowhead was the Steelers 10, Chiefs 36. Clyde Edward Teller broke his collarbone as well, I think. He's he pretty much done for the season. Um, to which Dave said he's still rubbish. He is, he's gash. Don't get um, injuries. Six, uh, six straight AFC West titles now for Kansas on the bounce. Mm. Um, and this is mind the they own you like that. I know. The, well, they too own you. Does. This is the most <laughs> points a Steelers defense has conceded in a season since 1988. Mm, um, wow. The thing is, the, the, the Steelers offense is, is not renowned historically for being any good. Um, if, if you look back historically, the Steelers have only had a number one ranked offense once in their entire history, whereas they've had a number one ranked defense 10 times in their history. You yep. only had a top five offense 12 times and a top five defense 39 times. You're so renowned overrated. for, we well, are renowned for being a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. The problem is this season, your defense is rubbish. As I mentioned, you're one of, you are, I think you're actually the worst rush defense in the league this season. Um, we have some key losses at positions. That, you do, uh, but so does everyone. So you'll, we've you'll well, we've, had, that, we've had a key loss here. all season at uh, defensive tackle, which has allowed teams to run, but go on, carry on. It's all right. No, no, no. I'm, I, I'm not having a dig at here. It's, it's just that the, the thing that you are renowned for for doing, being solid on defense, you're not doing this season. That's where your difficulties stem from, I think. Yep. Um, your inability to run the ball, or no, not inability, refusal to run the ball has caused you problems. Seems to be doing it a bit, little bit more, but again, it's lacking that direction. I, I, I saw a pop-up on my phone earlier on as well, which um, Roethlisberg has admitted that this next week might well be his last ever home game at um, the Bait Beanfield. So, uh, three yeah. years too late, but you know. Three Crazy talk, um, but yeah, it, it was a good team beating a uh, middle Bad of the road team. Fifteenth uh, pick in the fifteenth pick in the draft. I think you're a middle of the road team. I think you are exactly pretty close to the middle. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on because that was uh, expected. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I've got one stat. It wasn't expected. No, I said it was expected. <laughs> that was expected. I I bet the the Chiefs to win that game. Uh, Steelers became the first team in NFL history to trail by at least 23 points at halftime in three straight road games. They failed to score a touchdown in the first half of five straight games for the first time since 1940. So, yeah, it's not... Why would you even admit that? You should have just moved on when you have the chance. I don't care. I would would write that down on a piece (laughs) of paper. You don't care. The day you don't care about the Steelers. No, I didn't say that. I said it won't stop me from supporting them. (laughs) Those are just stats that are there. Take them as you will. Next game, Joe Burrow is getting a taste for Ratbird. With a franchise record-breaking 525-yard passing game, he got four touchdowns and a rating of 143.2. Only three QBs in NFL history have thrown for more yards in the game. With that comes goodies for those catching the ball. T. Higgins had 12 receptions for a career-high 194 yards. Jamar Chase caught seven for 125 yards. And Boyd had three catches for 85 yards in the touchdown. Joe Mixon caught the other one as well as running one in to help the score. With Lamar Jackson out with an ankle injury and backup Tyler Huntley on the COVID-19 list, 
Josh Johnson signed as a free agent just 10 days ago, started the quarterback for the Ravens. He got touchdown passes to Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, but there was no run game save a two-yard score from Devonta Freeman and no secondary for the Ravens to stop the Bengals from launching it. The final score, as since he do another AFC North sweep, is the Ravens 21, Bengals 41. I don't want to create a, an excuse for the Ravens, but they have got 33 players on IR or the COVID list. Everyone's got I mean, injuries. Yeah, but there's injuries <laughs> and there's 33 players. Come on. Um, this, this was dominant. I mean, the Bengals set a new record, 941 yards against one team in a season. Yeah. That's it. This is everything. Um, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are now both over 1,000 yards. Um, first time the Bengals have had two receivers over 1,000 yards since 2007. Uh, when it was uh, Chad Johnson and TJ Hushman-Zada. Nope. TJ Hushman-Zada. Yeah, Chad Johnson, Chad Ochoa-Cinco. Yeah, Um, but say that when you've had a... Say Hushman-Zada when you've had a drink. It's 85. Um, Okay, go on. Yeah, his name was Chad Johnson. I'm sorry, I'm not bowing down to his desires. Not in 2007 he was, he was Chad Ochoa-Cinco. Yeah, whatever. Um, Like Prince. Whatever. Um, so Tyler Boyd <laughs> currently on 792 yards. So a couple of decent games from him, and they could have three receivers over a thousand yards, mm-hmm. um, which isn't bad considering the Bengals have the sixth fewest passing yards per game, which is even below the Broncos in the NFL. Um, and yeah, they look good for the future because Higgins and Chase combined together are younger than Tom Brady. I think we'll twenty one and twenty two. Yeah, it's ridiculous in terms of their age. So they, you know, they've got a young quarterback, two good quality wide receivers who are both young. And if they keep hold of them, good, good, good signs for things to come for the Bengals. A mix of the I top five the Bengals, fantasy running back as well. I think mm. the Bengals are um, the one AFC team that no one wants to face in the playoffs. Well, Bron- Broncos literally... played them a couple of weeks ago, and they were rubbish. We beat well. We didn't beat them. We could have beaten them, um, but they they weren't very good. So I think there is a little bit of an element of well, when the big lights are on, they could end up closing down. Um, but I'm I'm they all in the, the Broncos. There were no big lights. So <laughs> easy. I think I think I think you know divisional games probably a bit no, more no, no, important I've... than the Broncos. But... No, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is when the big lights are on them in the playoffs. I, I agree. The they have not got any experience in the playoffs, and I think they'll fold. Yes. We saw that have nothing to fear. They're exactly like the Eagles were a few years ago. Of course, it works like that. No, it doesn't. It does not work like that. Of course, it does. The Eagles had masses of experience in there still. Um, You know, the the Bengals. Right, I'm not being funny. Right, go just go back in the last few years. How many teams have made championship games that you know you wouldn't have expected to? You got the Eagles. You got the Jaguars. There's always one team that you yep. don't expect to be doing anything that will do it, and it's usually a young team. And I've I've and said I am massively in. Well be that team. I'm I'm in on the Bengals. I'm supporting the Bengals in the playoffs. I don't think they'll you know go very far, but they're the team I want to surprise everyone this year and want to actually have some success. Um, but I remember a couple of weeks ago on the Patreon we did a, a feature on young QBs, and my foot was very firmly in the Borough camp. Um, you guys are in the Herbert camp. Um, in terms of pound for pound performance at the moment, Herbert, uh, so Joe Burrow might just be a top five quarterback at the moment, just on form, not in terms of talent, just on form, because he's absolutely killing it at the minute. Um, I'm pretty certain you didn't pick Burrow. No, I did. Well, no, I think I'm I, pretty certain I, you didn't. I think I picked Kyle Murray. I think Murray, we all said we picked Burrow, but I said I wouldn't take him because of his injuries, because we didn't know yes. how bad his knee would be. 
there was yeah. one particular part as well where we were comparing um, Burrow and Herbert specifically. And I was like, I'm very much in the Burrow camp. And you're like, yeah, Herbert's a lot better. So, this, I mean, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying I told you so. I'm just saying it's a really it good matchup. Like and it's good to have. No, it's good to have two AFC young quarterbacks. Um, it's a shame that Herbert's in our division. Um, shame Burrow's in mine. Anyway, we're moving on to another game. <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah, they had a great game. He's having a good season. Good to see him uh, still yeah. upright. So, uh, Sonny Michelle rushed for a season-high 131 yards in the score. Matt Gay made three field goals, and the Aaron Donald-led defense did its part by keeping the Vikings out of the end zone on two first-half trips inside the 10-yard line to move into first place in the NFC West. Vikings' Anthony Barr picked off Matt Stafford twice, both deep in Rams territory, and the Vikings turned those picks into 10 points. Alex Matteson filling in for Dalvin Cook, who was on the COVID list, got one. KJ Osborne got the line passing touchdown for Minnesota. Stafford had 197 yards and a fourth quarter touchdown pass to Odell Beckham Jr., but he was out of sync for most of the game and was lucky only three passes were intercepted. It was getting close for the Vikings and they had it down to a three-point game, but Brandon Powell on his fifth team in four years returned a punt 61 yards to move the Rams safe again. The final score was the Rams 30, Vikings 23. Yeah, I think the lack of run game really really uh, hampered the Vikings. Um, there was very little that they offered in the run game in, in this with Dalvin Cook being out um, or being ineffective at least. Um, he was out. On, I think he was, yeah. he he had symptoms and they didn't have a chance to test him negative before the game started. So they kept him out as precaution. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's on as doubtful this week um, on the fantasy app anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Rams are, now only they've got an outside chance of getting the number one seed. Um, that win gives them uh, a one game lead in the NFC West. And uh, Cooper Cup is two games left and he's 229 yards short of Megatron's NFL receiving record. Um, 1963 yards. So, well, um, yeah, he's, he's I, having quite I've a I've got season. a better one for you. I've Go got on. a better stat for you. Justin Jefferson in that game passed Odell Beckham Jr with 2,755 yards for the most receiving yards in the first two seasons of a player, NFL player's career. Yeah. So, you know, Justin Jefferson is proving that even with an average quarterback, he is a monster receiver. And uh, that, hopefully, that record... he, hopefully he doesn't um, end up going the way of Odell Beckham. But, you know, <laughs> for the first two seasons, to have maybe 3,000 yards is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that, that record will go next year with uh, Jamal Chase. <laughs> Possibly, the possibly, you never know. No, the the matchup between Justin Jefferson and um, Jalen Ramsey was very, very good to watch this week. Um, Ramsey problem. normally, yeah, Ramsey normally lines up in the slot, but for the past couple of weeks, they had Seattle last week, and he lined up against um, DK Metcalf on the outside, and this week Justin Jefferson on the outside as well. So it's good to watch. Yeah, well, they've gone back to the Rams have gone back a little bit to what they were doing. Uh, yeah. right at the very start of the season which was just stick Ramsey on the best receiver and just let him follow him around rather than trying to play that silly zone thing where they kept getting picked apart Taylor it's very much a case of, of good coaching in that they've yeah. gone back to actually what they're good at and it's helped Aaron Donald massively as well the last three or four games the guy's just turned into the defensive MVP again um, yeah he's uh He's getting up there in age, but my God, he can still do it. He's got Von Miller helping him out as well to take some of the, uh, the eyes away from him. Yeah. Having Von Miller and Leonard Floyd either side of you, yeah. you know, it makes it a bit easier to rush through the centre. Mm. Um, but I think I, I, 
defensively I think you're right I think it's more akin to what they were doing last season though rather than what they're doing because um, they, they missed so John Johnson went over to uh, the man so good they named him twice he went over to the Browns um, and the safety position was you know where they were struggling that's why they swapped to this zone read um, system that they implored and have now abandoned and that's why Tyler Rapp's come in and really been that um, strong safety that um, or free safety rather that uh, John Johnson was uh, was doing but yeah they've gone back to that uh, man and uh, cover formation and it is really working for them yeah Rapp was a good pickup second round I think last year uh, one of the best safeties uh, in the draft. Yeah, he's on his. He's on his. Is this his second or third season? I think, I think it's his second his... season. They tried yeah, to he, a bit after last his. After his first season, he had a, he had a good sort of five or six games, and it was reported he was looking for a new contract in his <laughs> first year, uh, <laughs> which I, I don't know whether I don't know if it was true or not. Um, but I've certainly not heard anything out of him, so I'm no. I'm going to assume he's an all right guy. Uh, but yeah, he's playing this season. He's playing really really well. well um, one bit of news on the injury front. Adam Thielen's out for the season after having ankle surgery on Tuesday. Thielen aggravated the injury during the game. So that's yeah, one less person to throw out. He yep. looked dead during the game. Was, um, his Adam Thielen's catch radius is you know, a mile wide. Um, and in this game, he just wasn't moving well. Mm-hmm. Okay, next game. A rare snow game in Seattle that eliminated the Seahawks from the NFC playoffs. Seattle was already assured of a losing season and coach Pete Carroll reached double-digit losses for the first time in his tenure. It started okay, the first touchdown for DK Metcalf since October 31st, and a rushing touchdown from Rashad Penny had them up by 10 at halftime with David Montgomery scoring for Chicago. In the second half, rookie Khalil Herbert had a 20-yard rushing score before Gerald Everett got the second touchdown from Russell Wilson. But with Nick Foles starting for the Bears, there was a bit of the old BDN magic left to go. A drive down the field and a third and 14 touchdown to Jimmy Graham. They went for two and got the pass to Damier Bird to go up by one. Seattle couldn't move the ball back and the Bears got their second win in 10 games. Final score was the Bears 25, Seahawks 24. I got nothing on this game. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I got nothing on it. Well done, Bears. That was, was kind of crazy that they managed to get that drive. Yeah, two teams who between them have got 10 wins and 20 losses. Yeah, I'm not fussed about this one, if I'm honest. No, this was... Sorry. Well, I can talk about the I weather then. This was the, only the, this was only the third snow game at the Clink and the first since 2008. Because it's so obviously wet. They didn't yeah, get snow. Nice. Um, Robert Quinn also is only half a sack away from a Bears franchise record that stood since 1984 by uh, Richard Dickey Dent. Remember old Dick Dent? I remember Richard Dent. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, he was, well, he was a perennial player in that um, forty-six defense that they had for the eighty-five Super Bowl team. Yeah, that's so, right. So yeah, no, half a sack away from Robert Quinn toppling that uh, that franchise record. Good Fair luck, Robert Quinn. We've already spent too much time on this game. Sorry, man. sorry. Okay, and I can't hold these two back any longer. Let's do the Broncos at the Raiders. It was a game of oh, two yeah. halves. Hunter Renfro got the first touchdown of the game, but the wheels fell off the Raiders' offense. After that, as Josh Jacobs coughed up a fumble, which led to a Broncos field goal. Then Derek Carr threw the ball, the ball low enough to be tipped by defensive lineman Bradley Chubb, who almost managed to rumble into the end zone, but was brought down at the one. Javante Williams got the score on the next play. After halftime, Josh Jacobs begged for a chance to redeem himself. He then proceeded to run it seven times on the opening drive of the half before Peyton Barber took the carry over the line. Shelby Harris managed to force a turnover of Derek Carr, but the Broncos couldn't move the ball and McManus missed the field goal. Denver had 158 yards of offense and eight first downs with no points in the second half. The final score was the Broncos 13, Raiders 17. 
Uh, just, I'll let just you have the floor first. <laughs> no, just just a point to say, um, Bradley Chubb is a right outside linebacker, not defensive lineman. Just want to put that defensive out Defensive end. I mean, that's yeah, the only positive I've got. That's the only positive I've got. I knew, you'd say, I knew you'd say something about me saying defensive lineman. I was going to say defensive end. I thought I'd say lineman because then it might might just placate you, but no, it did, did it. He's a right outside linebacker. Mm. Um, the problem, do you know what it is, right? I'm so sick of the Broncos offense. I really am. I'm so bored of it. Defensively, I, I think we're fine. You know, some of the turnovers that the Raiders had was because of the Raiders' incompetence. And that's not a dig. Genuinely is. I mean, that that pass that was tipped by Bradley Chubb, the linebacker. Um, oh, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll say to you now, you know, one of my notes from this game is I am so sick of Derek Carr making yeah. stupid, basic errors and not protecting the ball. Mm-hmm. Some You're of it is me nuts. some of it is legit because of your incompetence. Some of it was because of our, our brilliant defensive play, and, and some of our defensive play this season has been brilliant. Defensively, not an issue. The problem has got is our offense. So, despite the fact that you know we've now got the quarterback that um, the head coach wanted, um, if we don't score, so next the next game is the sixteenth game of the season. If we don't score twenty six points in the next game that will be fewer than we had last year uh, last season now last season at quarterback we had Kendall Hinton Jeff Driscoll Brett Rippon and Drew Locke and you've scored fewer points this season than you did last season I'm sorry it's a joke it's the fact that Vic Fangio's Broncos are now 1-23 and when trailing at halftime Mm. What the fudge, you know? I mean, that stat tells you everything. I'm so I'm sick to death of this offense. The, our offensive coordinator is um, uh, blind. Also, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Yeah. Um, and Shermer has had ten years as an offensive play caller um, with uh, the Giants and before that the Vikings and the Broncos as well. He had one year where he had a top 10 offense. That was with Case Keenum in that season. I'm sure everyone remembers. Um, other than that, his scoring ranks have been 32, 26, 30, 24, 23. I'm not going to go for all of them. You get mm. the point. Mm. I mean, we've at this season, we've got, I want to say, two premier running backs. As a one-two punch, it's in the top 10 of running back. I think the stats bear that out as well. I'm just sick of it. Running it on third and nine when you need to score. What? What are you doing? I'm I'm so bored of it. And it just it, the Raiders. I don't want to give the Raiders no credit defensively, because you know they were good. Crosby made it difficult for us to establish the run. We had no run game this week. We had like 22 yards of run uh, of, of rushing yards, and it it was just. It was rubbish. Offensively, we, we were rubbish. Vegas we held beat. three of its last four opponents to 17 or fewer points. Yeah, it, so. it was genuinely was rubbish. And I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, the defense has really stepped up in the last few weeks. Um, the problem has been the offense. We've, we've kind of flip-flopped from how we were at the beginning of the season. So beginning of the season, we were scoring plenty of points, just we were conceding a lot as well. And then all of a sudden, you know, defense has stepped up and started playing really well and um, you know Derek Carr's just completely fallen apart and can't remember what colour we play in half the time um, I do want to just shout out that this was as bad as Josh Jacobs was in the first half this was actually his first 100 yard game of the season right. so, that's quite yeah. easy <laughs> it's nuts isn't it Absolutely he's been healthy all year yeah yeah, he's been healthy he most of the year. I mean, he's, he's missed two or three games. But, well, we, What's he been doing? The problem was, 
the problem was early in the season, we were completely a passing team. We weren't running the ball at all. And then as soon as we tried to run the ball, it was like everyone had forgotten how to do it. Um, it so, such one a of the main... draft pick. It seems crazy. It fourth or something like that. 24 we picked him up, didn't we? 24? No, 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 it wasn't. Josh Jacobs you guys, did, yeah. No, you guys yeah, picked him up was early. In... No, we didn't. Right, fact check. <laughs> Go and have a look, but it would be 20 to 24. Somewhere in that number. Guarantee it. Anyway, I'll tap dance while you're looking. So, um, Hunter Renfro needs a shout out this week yet again, as he has joined Jerry Rice and Tim Brown as the only Raider receivers with 90 plus catches in a season. Um, he's been, again, you know, he is he's the mainstay in the rock, especially with Waller being out. Um, but if it, you know, I'll be brutally honest. If it if it weren't for the self inflicted stupid fumbles and interceptions and things, this game wouldn't have been close. And we I mean, a lot of them aren't A lot of them aren't self inflicted. A lot of them are because of your poor play, but also because of good defense as well. Um, but it's both sides of the coins. I mean, it's it's that thing in cricket. If if a player gets out, the batsman always says, "Oh well, that was rubbish batting," and the bowler will say it's inspired bowling. It's it's that both sides of the coin. You always look at it from your own perspective. Um, you okay. were right. He was 24. 24. Keenum, it Keenum was that Carroll season where you had put Ferrell at four, didn't you? And then yeah. you had Abrams. Yeah, exactly. Six. Ferrell, Ferrell, Ferrell was what a Ferrell was the terrible what a signing. <laughs> Jacobs was, yeah, 24. It was the clear I mean, man season. Put them round, you're yeah. all right. Yeah, you say that he was, you know, Jacobs was the good pick. I mean, he's in his, what, third season and he's just picked up his first 100-yard game this year in week <laughs> 16. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's not through him. That's, that's as no. much through, A, the Gotta offensive line bit. has been absolutely battered to pieces. And B, like I said, for the first half of the season, we were a pass-only team. We weren't even using the running back. So, you know, it, it's, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're still alive. It's still in our hands. Um, we're not gonna. We're either gonna make the playoffs or we're not. So you know, but at least we've got Being it down to the last few games, one, okay. and and we're not relying on other people to do us favors, which is so nice. If you make the playoffs, do you keep your? Is it Basaglio? Is that his name? Basaccia. Basaccia. Him. Do you keep him? I don't know. You'll have to interview for the position, won't he? Along okay. with a million other people. But... Do you think that they should keep him if he if he takes no, you into the playoffs? I think I think they should be cleaning house and. Okay. Starting again, to be honest, with a new new coach and a new quarterback. But you know, I wouldn't be drafting a quarterback. I'd I'd be looking at, at picking up someone that could slot straight in, and and we can pay a lot of money to that will really elevate this offense into what it's supposed to be. Are you worried because well, we've got the Jacksonville already talking to people like Doug Pederson, and there's been crickets from from uh, Allen about. It's not always a bad thing, though. Some, well, just, you know, the, well, the teams that announce it are normally the teams where chaos exists. Out of most of the teams that do smart business, you never hear anything. When do you ever hear anything out of the Steelers? Never. Well, we've only you know, had the Steelers coaches, do things in complete. So, you know, I'm not talking coaches generally. I'm talking. I'm talking general. I'm talking general stuff. Not hearing something of an organization is normally a good thing. And same goes for the coaching as well. You never hear anything unless teams want to put an agenda. I'm out there just really asking the question. Jacksonville got to jump straight on to a load of coaching candidates. Yeah, the the difference being that Jacksonville know they're out of the playoffs and aren't going anywhere this season. Mm. Play, teams that are still involved and have got a chance of getting to the playoffs don't rock the boat. So, you know, once once we're mathematically unable to make the playoffs or, you know, we get knocked out in the playoffs, then you'll hear 
a lot more talking about it. But until then, there's yeah, you're not going to hear anything. So this we might have question for you. Oh dear. Jim, question for you then. Yeah. Um, you're, you're a head coach. Okay. Mm. You have a good record in the NFL. Thank you. Let's suspend belief for a moment. Um, you're a guy <laughs> that's reasonably in demand as mm. a head coach, mm. and you interview for and are offered both the Raiders job and the Jaguars job. What would be your choice and why? Just out of just is purely out of morbid interest at the moment. This isn't me slagging off the Raiders, just I think they're fearless <laughs> in their jobs. I know your record at the moment um, obviously don't. doesn't say that. Yeah. But. You you would go where there's the franchise quarterback in place, and that is Jacksonville. If you've got a chance to harness that, and it's also a team that's had one good season in like 30 years, so you've got a chance to make a name for yourself. Um, I would take Jacksonville every time. However, at the moment, there is undoubtedly more talent on the Raiders' offense and defense, but and not on the most teams. not the most important position. Next year, mm-hmm. I get Travis Etienne come back, so that'd be quite nice to have him. It'd be like a free draft pick. I've I've still got possibly the first overall pick in the draft next year. So no, but we've got the Death Star. You have yes, well done. The uh, the Roomba. You've got yeah, that. You've, all, you've also got Mike. I've Munchak, got, I've got a swimming so. pool in my stadium, and I'd much yeah, rather Jackson. live in Las Vegas than flipping jacks. <laughs> well, say that. Maybe save I've some money. I've been to Vegas. It's not all that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I could go and live in California if I need to. Yeah, living you know in Florida I mean? would be the, the drawback there. But you know, you ask me which one to go to. No, you live in Georgia. I think I'd have a better chance with a, a QB in place rather than a middle of the road one that people have been trying to move off. For the last few years, we, we, we wouldn't want you anyway. So, you well, I don't want you in <laughs> a proper person's test. <laughs> My dad's odd. Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not as good as John Gruden passing your test. No, All right. definitely not. Okay. You've definitely got more skeletons in your closet than Gruden. <laughs> hey, we just we will not going to talk about that on this, uh, this podcast, punk. <laughs> we just that for the confessions podcast yeah. <laughs> that's on the patreon if you sign up patreon.com yeah. <laughs> okay so to sunday night's game it got ugly early for washington maybe the heated benches didn't suit them it didn't help when taylor heineke threw a pick to trayvon diggs on washington's first play either Dak prescott threw four touchdown passes demarcus lawrence returned an interception for a score and the cowboys celebrated their clinching of the nfc east with a paddling the Cowboys tied the franchise record for points in the first half while taking a 42-7 lead and frustrating Washington to the point that defensive tackles Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne were fighting on the sideline. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper and a backup tackle Terrence Steele, who was lined up as a tight end, got Dallas out of sight. The horror continued in the second half as a blocked punt was scooped by Chauncey Golston for a Cowboys special team score. Dak was benched with his job done, but Cooper Rush got a touchdown off to Malik Turner to make it 49-point lead. John Bates got a garbage touchdown late on for Washington, but the final score here was Washington 14, the Cowboys 56. This was a massacre. It's an absolute massacre. I don't think any meaningful conclusions can be made from this game. Um, the Cowboys aren't as good as this game made them seem, and Washington no. certainly aren't as bad as this game makes them seem. It's just one of them games, unfortunately. Um, the only annoying thing is uh, hearing Cowboys fans, who are essentially the same as Liverpool fans, um, hearing Cowboy fans basically wax lyrical about how they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, you know, pipe down. Um, it was it was a good game for the Cowboys. Well done. Really bad game for Washington. Really bad game. Most interesting thing for Washington was the punch up on the sidelines. Mm, that yeah. wasn't good. 
Because those well, two are uh, Rex College teammates as well. It's a bit it weird. Also, it's it a bit weird. Points we, um, to some disharmony in the dressing room, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that doesn't normally happen with Washington. Normally, it's such no. a well knit, well knit group. <laughs> well, well run, well run. Well, Ron Rivera, maybe. And, Ron Rivera, yeah. maybe. Um, I can't believe I, I saw something talking about him potentially being fired. I'm, are you mad? He's the best thing that's happened to your organization in a decade. Pipe down and just get on with it. You know, let him have the keys to the coaching room. Just shut up and get on with it. Um, yeah, it was just it's a division game. game. That's the reason. You know, you, you're going to get yeah. irate fans when it's, it's, it's an embarrassment. When it's an embarrassment like that, you're going to get people saying it, no matter what else happened around it. Uh, yeah, not much more to say about that game. So let's move on to mm-hmm. Monday night. And Miami became the first NFL team to win seven straight after losing seven in a row, beating the threadbare New Orleans Saints. The Saints have had 57 starters this season, which is, of course, an NFL record. <laughs> and we're down to a four-string QB, rookie Ian Book, and a seven-string tackle. The home crowd cheered Book's first completion. They were a bit quieter on his second as Nick Needham intercepted Book and returned the ball 28 yards for a touchdown. The second half showed the glimmer of hope as Tua threw a deep pass, which was picked by Marshall Lattimore. Tua has the best pass completion rate in the league and came back on the next drive with a 40-plus-yard bomb to Mac Hollins. The star on offense, though, for Miami this game was rookie Jalen Waddle. Waddle caught 10 passes for 92 yards and a touchdown in his return from the COVID list. He's now only five catches shy of Anquan Bolden's rookie record. But it was the Miami D that really turned the screws on the Saints. They intercepted Book twice and sacked him eight times. The Saints went 0-12 on third down. Guess you can't judge a book by its coverage. The final score was the Dolphins 20, Saints 3. Yeah, Dolphins defense could read the Saints quarterback like a book. Puns ahoy. <laughs> I've got so um, many, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I know some people are getting quite no excited spine. about the no Dolphins. No spine on the input. But, but seriously, take a look at who they've beaten. You know, Houston, Everyone the in front up, of Baltimore, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again, and the banged up Saints. You know, let, let's be honest here. Miami are not that good. Yeah. I've been saying this for weeks, man. I'm I'm not sold on the Dolphins. I mean, every every no, you'd be saying week they Tua. Keep... It's your uh, Jalen Hurts yeah, syndrome. Not really, because I like Tua and I think he's got talent. I just don't think he's necessarily stringing stringing together. This week, absolutely fine. You know, 19 of 26 for 200 yards did what he needed to do. They ran it effectively and they saw out the game. This game was over like quick. <laughs> this game was over quick time, mm. um, and the game was done in the first quarter. I mean, Miami went in. Um, at halftime, 10-3 up, and there was no hint that the Saints were ever going to trouble them. And uh, the fourth quarter was literally 50 minutes long. And there well, was, yeah, I mean, what, what was touched down the third third quarter, you just knew. I mean, I watched the Monday Night Football and like MJD was like, yeah, there's no way we're, they're scoring 14 points. We, we, there's no way they can come back from this. So, yeah, it, yep. was, uh, it was a wrap. But, you know, you, you can only play what's in front of you. And the Dolphins, you know... Yeah, I mean, well, we'll, it's, we'll it's see good with to them come because back that their, much. their next two games, their next two games are Tennessee and New England. So, you know. Easy. Easy. <laughs> yeah, let, let's regroup this is the fortnight and see what we this think is the, the acid Dolphins. test now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but with that, boys, we've finished the review of the week 16 games. Time to look through our wrong-uns then uh, that we went through. And, oh, my word, punk, what's happened here? There weren't any wrong-uns, were there? Maybe well, one. That's, the, that's what I'm talking about. What the hell's going on here? Um, yeah, you, the way, the I way told it you I had out, to bring it back. You've certainly done that, Punk. You you won the week with a thirteen and three record. I can't believe I got three wrong. To be honest, well, the only three you got wrong, we all got wrong. So the, you know, we all took an L on those ones. That was the 49ers uh, losing to the Titans, 
the Chargers losing to the Texans and the Seahawks losing to the Bears on a squeaker. Um, next up was me. I got 11 and 5. So I also thought the Cardinals might beat the Colts. I went on, I was on an island for the Vikings beating the Rams. Um, but that was it. So yeah, that's 11 and 5. And then bring up the rear in joint third place was Dave. And the people for the week was Mike, who's obviously the Chiefs fan. Uh, you were 9 and 7. So you both I thought wasn't. the Lions would beat the Falcons. Mike thought that the Ravens would beat the Bengals. Dave, you thought the Patriots would beat the Bills. Mike thought the Jags would beat the Jets. And then Dave, you went for the Broncos over the Raiders. So that's how it all yeah, worked I, out. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't third. I was last. You <laughs> were joint, joint last. You were joint, joint last. It was rubbish. <laughs> what was it? Punk's got the glittering gold. I have the, uh, the middling silver and you have the shameful bronze. I've got cramp. I'm on. I'm on the sideline with cramp and blisters. That's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> the way that what that's done to the table is that Dave, you are mm. still on top with 149 points, but Punk now is 148. Just one point in it. The people have 143, and myself, Jim, has 142. So, all to play for with two weeks to go. If I just have another four or five weeks of the extended season, I might have a chance at this. But um, I mean, only, only if we weren't playing. Oh, yeah, that as well. <laughs> if we both <laughs> stop now, I don't think you catch us, to be honest. Mm, we'll see. We're running the Pod versus the People contest, guys, with PlayActionPools.com, the newest and best office sports ball hosting platform. We enter our picks each week. Of course, some of us then flip-flop our picks a few more times before kickoff. If you want to use PlayActionPools, if you want to use PlayActionPools to show off your Nostradama skills, then don't forget to use our discount code, which is TFD, for a 10% off. And help the company move forwards. They've always got the, they've also got the build your bankroll feature, which operates like a virtual sports book, allowing you to choose the games you want to pick and determine how many points you're willing to risk on each game. Increase your Xmas cheer and check them out at playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com. Boys, week 17. Normally the end of the regular season, but uh, this week it's the penultimate. Penultimate yeah. week. And the reason it's going a bit late is because there's no Thursday game. So we've been able to ingest a bit more and uh, prep ingest ourselves for this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it means that the games happen on Sunday and there's a Monday game as well. But that's it. So no Thursday to worry about. We're going to go through the picks. We have a new challenger, of course, for week 17. That is Paul, who is a Washington fan. We found one who we could admit to being a Washington fan. And there we go. So thank you very much, Paul, <laughs> for submitting your picks this week. Um Patreon follower, friend of the show. So thank you very much, Paul, for, for submitting your picks for us. Boys, what have you got then for the first game, which is the Atlanta Falcons at the Buffalo Bills? Who's going to be brave? Well, I'll I, be brave and I'll pick the Bills. As it's so close, as it's so close, I think we alternate who goes first because there is the possibility that. <laughs> oh, some... here he goes. Oh, now no, he's looking for for advantages. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm right. I'm thinking more about you. Two weeks ago, you were being all cocky about how far ahead you were. Come oh, on. I'm still cocky. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm still cocky. Don't worry about that. Um, so yeah, I think we alternate. I I agree. That I think Go the on, then we'll will... alternate. Yeah, I think the Bills think will win just... this game as well. We're just both going to pick this anyway, aren't we? So yeah. it's, it's a clean sweep for the Bills. Okay. Uh, no no faith in Atlanta. Next one, then, this should be a good one. It's the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears. Uh, I'll go for that easy. Bears. I think the Giants are, on form, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Like, utter, utter bilge. Uh, they've got nothing at quarterback. 
I think they have to start Mike Lennon, which is not a position anyone wants to be in. Um, yeah, and I think they what's what's the equivalent of being on the beach with your sandals on in the NFL? Um, yeah, they're they're done. They're done for the season. I will also take the uh, Bears of Shy Town. <laughs> Very carefully said. That means again, it's a sweep for the Bears. No one's going for the Giants. The Kansas, oh, the, come on, then, boys. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you've you already made on. the play. I was going to say, do you want me to go first on this one, or do yeah, you want to go first? No, no, I mean, no, no. I'm. You go. Uh, I will take the Bengals of Cincinnati. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for the chefs. <laughs> Dave can't resist the chefs. So that's yeah. uh, an island for punk. Both myself and Paul have gone for the no, Chiefs. Like, just, well. just for the record, I really, really want the Bengals to win that game. Like I really, really think this points. could be a humdinger of a game mm. as well. Yeah. The way these two teams are playing at the minute. I mean, unless, unless Kansas gets some cold feet and start resting people, this could be an absolute corker. I think the Who's one still up for grabs. Bengals, Bengals are at home. That makes it more interesting. Okay, I'm going to stick with the chefs. Yes, you are. That was already your pick. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, two more, well, kind of form teams. The Arizona Cardinals used to be in form against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that's me and I'm going to go Cowboys. Um, based purely on form and the fact that the Cardinals are shit in the bed. Hmm. Uh, Punk? I actually put my picks in half drunk the other day and I put <laughs> the go. Cardinals and I'm going to stick with it. Okay. Cardinals have to do a Bills and get right at some mm. point before the playoffs. This could be the game. The Cowboys could come into this after smashing uh, Washington last week, being all cocky and yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Cardinals. Can't believe you think the Cowboys would be cocky about something, but uh, it means that I know. It's, it's, it's... <laughs> We have got a 50-50, boys, for the first time this week. Uh, Dave, Paul is your friend. He's also gone for the Cowboys. Punk, I'm going with you and uh, picking the Cardinals. Form is temporary, class is permanent. So let's see how that one goes. Then you have the crunch game for Miami. They're at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Who picks this? Yours? You. Mine. Me. Um, I will be going with the Tennessee Titans. Snap. Snap. I think this is when this is when the uh Titan this is when the Dolphins come up against a real contender and get schooled. Uh, yeah. I think the the Titans are a more well rounded team. Um and it's kind of a heavyweight versus a cruiserweight. I think uh, the Dolphins are just a little bit of a pretender at the moment. A couple of years to get away from being a real, real good team, I think. And I appreciate the, the Titans well. need the Titans just want to make sure that they, they wrap up this division as well, yeah. um, which which they can do this week. So I think, yeah, Titans, Titans will be on it. It means that Paul is on an island, a dolphin island, as the three of us have gone for the Titans in that game. Then you have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. So I think this one's me. Um, I'm going Colts, and I'm assuming this is a clean sweep because no one's mad enough to go for the Raiders. Well, hang on a minute. Punk Raider, what are you? Uh, what are you going for? I am mad enough to go for the Raiders, and I will go for that the Raiders. <laughs> oh, well done! Love it. It's 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 win winning. You're in basically, 
um, or it, it will at least set up a win and you're in scenario against the Chargers if we win this game. So that's not to say I think we are better than the Colts. I don't think we are. That's not, not to say West to East won't make a difference. It will. It I will. Just got a feeling that the way this season's gone with coach passing, uh, this could just be one of those games. So the one I'm going to go I with the Raiders. Say, the one thing I will say is exactly. if the if the Colts are prevented from running it and they're forced to rely on Carson Wentz being the game player, it gives you guys a chance. It gives you a real chance. I think chance. we have a chance. I think, I think, you know, the game plan has to be you shut down Jonathan Taylor and make Carson Wentz beat you. Yeah. Um, whether we can do that or not, I don't I mean, know. Many have tried run and many have failed. <laughs> exactly. Our run defence has been spotty at times this year, so we'll see. Last Having week. Perriman back in the middle makes a huge difference. Um, re- really need and got quite a step up he's been quite quiet the last few weeks um so we need him to come back to a bit of form again but you know why not go for it come on you want to get in the playoffs this is your chance to prove it well dave you're on an island only joking punks on an island everyone else has gone for the cards then we've got the jacksonville jaguars at the new england patriots this me uh yeah be brave um um, I'm not that brave. Um, I'll, t- I'll take Bill Belichick and the uh, New England Patriots. Thank you very much. I am Jags all day long. Cool. I'm joking. Come on, I'm joking. <laughs> Patriots. I'm sorry, we must take your first answer. <laughs> Patriots are favourites by 16 points. Is that, it? Is that all? 16. Oh, it's not even That's the highest it. I've seen. That's the highest I've seen. All right. NFC South time. It's the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, that's me. I, I think this is a bit of a 50 50. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to find it to remind myself who I went for because I've already picked, put my picks in. Um, Saints Oh, I've gone Saints. That's a bit controversial. Okay. I'm assuming, is Ian Buck still playing? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't like that. You haven't picked yet, so you're not swaying me. I'm going to change. I'm going to go Panthers. I'm going to change. I'm going to go Panthers. All right. Yeah. Lock it in then. Yep. I've locked what it in. Doing? Okay. I've not changed and I've still picked the Saints. Okay. Cool. Alvin uh, Kamara is just going to run all over him. Yeah, you say that. That that defensive line from the Panthers is one of the they're better on the defensive beach. lines. They're done. They don't care. <laughs> they're they're uh, learning contracts. And it's in New Orleans as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean like they just scored three minutes. points. Yeah. <laughs> Two words. It's not Ian, the black hole anymore. Yeah, Saints. I'm still uh, going Saints. Well, it means that Dave's on an island because uh, the three of us <laughs> have gone for the Saints. So, I mean, Panther Island for Dave. Okay, I'm no. astonished, but okay. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at the New York Jets. This is me this time, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Brave. Be brave, be brave. I'll be go very on. brave and go with the Buccaneers. That's not brave. Snap. The away team <laughs> going into Fortress Meadowlands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that was that you as well, Dave? Going for the uh, the Bucks? Yeah. Sweeping. I mean, they're only 13 and a half point favourites, but yeah. Mm, mm. Okay, so NFC East time, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. This is me, Eagles, all day long. 
Um, I think this goes with form. I think the wash it. I know they say when a team's have a bad week, there's a reaction. I I think it was so bad it lasts. If that makes sense, I'm interested mm. to see what Paul went for. But yeah, I'm going Eagles. I think the fact that Washington had a punch up on their own sideline between two mates yeah. um, tells an awful lot. Um, so I also have gone Eagles, and I okay. think they win it quite handily as well. I think not. I always have that that thought that I can. I remember Washington being good for a few games, but um, I've also gone for the Eagles. Paul, as a Washington fan, has gone for the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Business over pleasure. You do. So he's all, all about the money there. So uh, congratulations, Paul. Um, yeah, yeah that, that can't have been easy. The Denver Broncos are at the LA Chargers, AFC oh. West. Is this me? Yeah. Broncos at Chargers. Yes. Uh, Chargers need similarly to the Raiders need at least one game just to get that win and in scenario going. So I think they'll probably come out firing against the Broncos. Um, yeah, have some Chargers. players back from the COVID list if they're lucky. Hope so. Hope so. <laughs> but they, I mean, regardless whether they do or not, they can't play as badly as they did last week. So yeah, Chargers for me. Well, I hope that's not true. I hope they play a lot worse than they did last week. <laughs> on, um, oh, so I, do I. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Chargers can bust in the next two games, I'm well happy. I'm hoping to go out of business, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, as I've mentioned, the Chargers are rubbish against the run. And if Pat Shermer actually decides to commit to the run as he should for once, then it gives us a chance. Um, Drew Locke starting this game. Um, Teddy Two Gloves isn't back. Um, I've got no faith in this offense keeping pace with Herbert. We've beaten them once this season. We've played them already once this season. Um, I've got no no faith at all. So I am going to go with the California Chargers. Wow. You easily Sorry. beat them earlier in the season, didn't you, as well? We did. We did. Um, yeah. Lots changed since then. All right. It means there's a sweep for the Chargers. I thought at least Dave would, would back his own team, but there you go. No, no. The Houston Texans are at the San Francisco 49ers. I'll go first. 49ers, easy. I don't care that the Texans are on a two-win streak. Rubbish. 49ers. <laughs> two-win streak. Who's at home? Doesn't uh, matter. 49ers. Yeah, I'll take the 49ers. Yeah, it's, well, if I 12. said Houston were at home... I just thought Houston? about it, but I probably would have gone 49ers still. <laughs> no point dwelling. It's a sweep about it again. Sorry, Houston. Maybe. I know it's disrespectful, but, you know, look at your earlier season form for uh, for details. The Detroit Lions are at the Seattle Seahawks. Bunk, this one's you. Good God. Lions at Seahawks. Yeesh. Uh, if ever there's a game you don't want to watch this Sunday, this might be the one. I disagree. Um, I'll go Seahawks just because they're at home. I have Russell Wilson. I agree entirely. I I hope that um, Lions have Jared Goff back because that does make a difference instead of having the other fellow. I can't even remember Tim Boyle. Yeah, the interception machine. Even in college, he was an interception machine. Um. I mean, I love going for the Lions, uh, but I'm going to have to go with Seattle on this one, I'm afraid. Another sweep I, for I, Seattle? I, it, it's what you, what you said, Punk. I think you're 100% That's right. Travel, travelling across the country. Um, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. Okay. Uh, three games left. The first one is the LA Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. Rams. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. 
You can't have 35 players on COVID and IR. And Whoa, let's not go nuts. It's 30, 33. 33. Oh, is it 33? <laughs> 35 would be right. ridiculous. That, that, that makes a huge, huge amount of difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Rams all day long. Another sweep for the Rams on, then. On that, bit of a prediction. Do you think Cooper Cup will break Megatron's record this year? 229 How many, how many does he, he need? 229 two, in um, the next two games. Two games. Ravens and... They've got the Ravens next, and then their final game after that, which I'm frantically searching for, is the 49ers at home. He'll get 120 against the Ravens, and... The Ravens is a win. Yeah, yeah. So, but they've also got no uh, defensive backfield, mm-hmm. whereas the 49ers... Remember, mm. if he gets if he gets one twenty against the Ravens and needs a hundred yards, they he'll will be, be searching for him. They will be he'll searching. Be for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think he'll probably end up fifty yards short. Yeah, if I'm honest. Yeah, I reckon he's going to get it. And I think not only that, I think he'll be the first receiver to get two thousand yards. That's what I reckon. What? I think he will go. Is he on now? Uh, one seven eight something. I mean, Megatron's is one nine six three. No way. No yeah. way. There's no way he's getting two thousand. Yep. No. I think I think you'll, I'll, you'll get you imagine you're mental. He's getting one seventy in every in both games. <laughs> I think he'll get two thousand. No chance. No chance. We'll see. We will. We will. That's why they play the games. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's obvious we're both going Rams. But yeah, we're we're, we're both going Rams. I'm yeah. sure everyone's going Rams. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's going Rams. Hang on a minute. Did I miss a go. game? I think I missed a game. Arizona, Dallas. Oh, no, we didn't. No, oh, we sorry. Didn't Do you know what it was? It was that Paul was really upset about having to pick the Cowboys over the Cardinals, even more so <laughs> than having to pick the uh, Eagles over his team. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so the last game on the Sunday is the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers, NFC North divisional matchup. Punk, you're first. Hmm, divisional game, outdoors, Aaron Rodgers, lights, feels like a Packers win to me. Yeah. Smells like one, doesn't it? Um, it does. It, it's Monday night football. It's not Monday when night. When Kirk Cousins, well, Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday night. night football prime time when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Quite frankly, they could be playing Houston and I'd probably still probably side for Houston. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know what I'm on about, his record in primetime games is horrific. Like, the Spanish call it no bueno. Yeah, no mas, no mas. Um, (laughs) It is, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm going Packers. Um, They will implode. The the last game was the Vikings, it was the first time the Vikings hadn't led by at least six points at any point this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they won't even get close to being to, to that this year, this week. Um, Packers hand it to them pretty easily. Another sweep for the Packers in the picks. So all four of us have gone for Green Bay. The Monday night game is the AFC North matchup between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am going for the Ohio Bruins. I think they beat a, uh, a, a Steeler team who... I think your season's done. I think you did threaten alcohol at the start of the start of the pod, so I'm going to assume you've been drinking for a straw uh, in between yep. talking, Dave. But uh, yeah, a lot on. of turpentine drank as well. Mm. <laughs> I'm going Browns, and I would consider that most of most, if not all of us, have gone for the Browns as well. That's my assumption. Stupid thing is, this is exactly the type of game that the Browns will lose Could do. to a team that we expect them to beat, who. You know, they've been pr- 
pretty dreadful the last couple of weeks. Um, but the Steelers still want to get a bit of revenge on the Browns for knocking if, them out of the playoffs last year. This could year. be Ben's last home you know, game as well. Yeah. If, I was to say to you, though, if I was to I'm, say to you, though, without any team names, that Nick Chubb is playing against the 32-ranked run defence. And the first question they've is, got is nothing. TJ Watt play? Yes. No. Right. right. So, no. is actually, are, yeah. we, are, we, are we saying that Baker's not going to cough the ball up at all during the game, regardless of Nick Chubb? Are we saying that Roethlisberg is going to throw it more than three yards? No, yeah. he doesn't have to. 61 times. Yeah. We I'll won't have off. Look, whatever. Whatever, Punk, who are you picking? <laughs> I'll go Steelers. I'll go Steelers. Yeah. Which means Dave is on the island because Paul really? has also picked the Steelers, as have I. Yeah. Or mental, the lot of you. Yeah. Oh, it, means I win the, it means I win the prediction, so I don't mind too Absolutely much. does not. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably not third. Close. <laughs> so, anyway, if those I are the picks. Third, 17. If I finish third, I will be, be gutted. I'll be like one of those, you know when they have like the 10,000 metres <laughs> and all the Ethiopians and the Kenyans just sit back in like sixth and seventh and you get like one Norwegian bloke who just guns it out at the start. That was me. And then like two, like the, the bell rings and he just falls back and ends up being 16th. That's me. <laughs> I'm like the Finnish 10,000 metre runner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys that was our podcast for the week 16 review slash week 17 preview uh make sure you check us out on uh twitter and all the other kind of stuff like that and uh if you can sign up to patreon patreon.com slash final down and uh the final down.com is our main website where you can get all this uh, podcast and tell your friends they can stream it for free if they can't bother to search on itunes uh we'll be back next week but until then have a great new year's and i've been jim that's been punk radio that's been Denver dave cheers for listening <laughs>